Abby, thank you so much for taking some time to uh, out of your super, super busy day. I always feel bad sending our director of IT like questions about IT because I know how swamped you are because of all the technology and things that we have going on here at reemployability. But if you don't mind, let, let's just start with your background. Like what's your story? How did you get to being the director of IT for reemployability? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, Todd. Thanks for um, inviting me to join. I'm super excited too. I started working for reemployability as a data entry temp in 2010. Um, at that time, the company was changing database platforms. So we were moving from an old system called Prevail to Microsoft's CRM 4.0, which is it's now it's called Dynamics. But at the time, um, we were in 4.0. So when I started, my whole job was to take stacks of business cards and enter those into the system to create account records and contact records in the new CRM system. So those were, you know, the contact records that couldn't just be imported. Mm -hmm. So I really just sat there entering, typing in business card information. Um, So that was really like my first job. I was just brought in temporarily to type in those business cards. Um, I really liked the system and I um, was really, really interested in the complexities of the system that um, our IT partner was working on at the time. So they were um, they were customizing basically the back end of the CRM system. Um, and I really just sat and, and sat with them and soaked up as much as I could. Um, I had never really worked with data before, but the structure and the logic really just made sense to me. It really just clicked. Um, and so I learned little by little, like how to add the fields and how to create entities and how to view workflows and modify workflows and modify the data. Um, and the rest is kind of history. I, I watched a ton of videos. I was just hungry to learn as much as I could about it. Um, I sat with every employee at the company at the time. There were about 12 employees at the time. Now we have close to a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, but I sat with them and learned their job functions and their processes. And I spent every single day building out efficiencies for them and building the data structure so that we could automate the processes. Um, so when I started, we were using file cabinets full <laughs> of paper files and, um, you know, folks, employees were, um, shouting across the line to ask if there was ever an injured worker in Florida that, mm. that they could remember. So we just didn't have that, you know, database, database to pull information from. Yeah. Um, so we've come a long way in the 12 years yeah. that I've been here. Boy, I think every, as a society, we've come along as, as a, yeah. as human beings, right? I mean, my first job, I can remember it was in radio, radio sales job, and we had to fill out orders by hand. And do you yeah. remember they, it wasn't car, well, it was, it was like carbon paper. There were three mm-hmm. layers. There was the pink, the yellow Hello. and the white. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny. I mean, I don't consider myself old, but it feels like that is so ancient mm-hmm. um, to, to not just, you know, look for something, on, even, even the internet. Right. So like I, my first job in radio was a promotions director and we were just, just then jumping into the internet 
and trying to figure out how we could leverage a website to, um, you know, to attract listeners to the radio station. So, you know, what's interesting to me, and I've heard your story before about how you've gotten involved is how it, I don't believe you started here with the intention of becoming a director of information technology, <laughs> did you? No, not at all. I was actually, when I started, again, it was really just a temporary position. My sister was working for reemployability at the time. Um, and I was going to school. Actually, I had just had my oldest daughter. Um, and I was actually going to school and I had had an offer to be um, an English tutor. So, you know, and I, I, when I was going to college, my major was psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I definitely did not jump into the role thinking it would become what it has, um, thinking that it would become a career. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always loved computers. I was the kid, you know, when I was like, I don't know, 11 years old and my mom brought hold, brought home this huge IBM yeah. computer and all I could do was type on it, but I would sit there for hours. And, mm-hmm. um, so I've always had an, a, a, deep interest in computers and um, logic. And I've always looked for the best way to do something. Like even when I was little and doing the dishes, I would think, okay, all of the spoons first, it's got to be efficient (laughs) to do, you know? Oh my God, I can so see that. Yeah. So (laughs) I think it's, it was just a really natural fit Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm lucky that I enjoy it. And I'm lucky that it's something that constantly changes. So it's Mm -hmm. constantly exciting and constantly learning new stuff. So we had Ariel Theodore on um, several weeks ago mm-hmm. who uh, was in your department and has now mm-hmm. moved on to work for Microsoft. And, and she has a lot of the same similar story and how she got involved in, in IT and doing these types of things. And what's interesting to me is your interest in psychology mm-hmm. uh, in college. And one of the things that what we where we really want to get to in this conversation and in, in this week and next is kind of the psychology behind people embracing new technology and some of the resistance that people have to that and and how at the end of the day, um, most of this technology that we're introducing, not only as a company, but as an industry is meant to make us be able to be more human with other human beings, right? Kind of do those things that, that would take our time uh, allowing us to be more, more interactive and things like that. Um, what are some of the complaints that you hear from end users about the tech that's not necessarily used in just reemployability, but Mm -hmm. in the, in the workers comp industry as a whole, like what are the things that you hear why people are resistant? Oh, I think, I think always the biggest complaint or the most common complaint is change. Folks just have a really hard time with change, whether it's, you know, where did you move that field on my form or why do we have to do this extra step or why don't we have to do this step anymore? Um, I think folks just have a really hard time with change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the thing is, is that we can't avoid, you can't grow without change. If you always do the same things, there's really no room for growth. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, you hear it when you have, uh, when your phone tells you that an update's available, you know, (laughs) most folks go, an update, I don't want it. Um, But (laughs) we forget, we forget, you know, how, again, how far we've come and, and each little update that has been, you know, annoying or has given you grief for a couple of days, trying to get used to the new buttons or, you know, um, 
it's brought us to where we are now. So Mm -hmm. I think that change is really just, it's always going to be hard for folks. And it's one of those things that's just inevitable. Um, Some folks are ecstatic when you save them five clicks Mm -hmm. and others will just always, always prefer the old way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I always think of the story of the wagon wheel maker who uh, had a shop and this guy built a factory behind him and uh, they were making these rubber tires and the rubber tires kept rolling out and rolling out. And the wagon wheel maker said, nope, I make wagon wheels and I make the best wagon wheels and I'm going to keep making wagon wheels yeah. until he was out of business. Yep. Um, so, right. <laughs> exactly. So change absolutely is something that, that we all have to, mm-hmm. to embrace. Um so there's got to be strategies that we can use in order to get people to kind of embrace or at least lean into this a little bit. In fact, um, th- there was an article that was out not too long ago. Um, Kathy, I believe her last name's pronounced Tazik. Uh, she's a managing director of client services from Sedgwick. And she wrote a couple of articles in uh, workcompwire.com. And they were called People First, Tech Forward, and Data-Driven Customer Experience. Um, which again kind of kind of talks to the fact about embracing change and and that being able to allow us to focus on the people part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the changes that you've seen in your time in the workers' comp industry that you think have have helped move things along? Yeah, so I think one of the best changes that has come about recently is really a deeper focus on the injured worker experience. Um, I think we've you know, always been very focused on what we're delivering. And I think now um, there's a deeper focus on, on how you deliver it um, and finding that perfect balance between technology and automation while not losing that human element. Um, and I think, you know, COVID for all of the awful things that it was and is, it really made us remember how human we all are and how mm-hmm. important it is to interact mm-hmm. as such. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think COVID absolutely launched us into technologies that we probably that were available, but forced us into. And I I know at least from the sales perspective, like teams had always been there. Mm-hmm. I would say always, but Skype, right? It was Skype. And yes. I can remember doing WebEx uh presentations not only here, but in previous lives at other companies and sitting down and there would be that, like that speaker in the middle of the conference room and people would log in and you couldn't see them and you didn't mm-hmm. know what they were doing. <laughs> and, and there's some really good videos online about, you know, like those types of conferences that are, that are really, really funny. And then when, you know, we kind of embraced Zoom right after COVID started and we would invite people and people would be first resistant to even accepting a Zoom uh, yeah. meeting. And then they would start to accept the Zoom meetings, but nobody would turn their cameras on, not even the sales team. And I'm like, listen, we got it. We have to embrace this. And so finally we got our sales team to embrace turning on their cameras. And and now when we do a Zoom call, if somebody on the other end doesn't have their camera on, our team members will ask them, you know, hey, I'd love to put a face with a name or, or something like that to try to encourage people to turn their, their cameras on. And so it was a slow transition, but mm-hmm. it forced us into now having another tool. We can't meet face-to-face do the next best thing. Right. Absolutely. Are there any other things that you think came about from COVID uh, oh again, gosh, yeah. that, that really helped to, to push people into technology? Absolutely. I think that again, COVID was so awful, but um, I think we responded in a way that, 
uh, really made us better. Um, COVID forced us to be more adaptable when it come when it came to remote work. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank God that we went completely cloud based years before COVID. Yeah. I think that so many companies had to rush to adapt um, accessibility and you know allowing remote work and when offices shut down. Um, but we, thank goodness we had already adopted cloud technology. And so we were able to allow, um, folks to work from home and we've been able to accommodate, you know, hybrid schedules. So it, it, hybrid schedules as in, you know, work part-time from home and part-time in the office. We've opened more remote positions. So I think as a company, it has made us, um, more adaptable and it's really, impacted our company culture for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you said, I think Teams has been a game changer for us. It's really brought us closer together no matter where we are in the country. Um, and, you know, I worked I worked remotely for probably six years before COVID. Um, and never once did I have to turn on my camera, um, which was, you know, for the folks who are native <laughs> work from home folks, you know, the, the fact that we have to now get ready and put makeup yeah. on and fix our hair during the day. Um, you know, there were, are some grumbles about that sometimes, yeah. but it is really, really nice being able to see the faces of the folks in the office and being able to have that connection. Um, so I think that it's made us adaptable and it's, it's, again, how important it is to see each other's faces and to be able to communicate while looking at someone. Mm-hmm. And the option to not, right? Right. <laughs> we, we, you can always, you can always still achieve uh, at least part of what your goal is in a meeting, even if something happens and, and that, that image can't be there. It's just nice to have that option yeah, all the time. And, you know, I mentioned here as, as we embraced Zoom and Teams from a sales team perspective, you know, there, there are slower adapters Mm-hmm. Um, there are people that jump right in. Like I'm, I'm the guy that like, as soon as the updates available on my phone, I, I want it because I'm excited yeah. to see new things. Yeah. Um, now, and I'm not super tech savvy. Like I'm not super big on social media and stuff like that. Um, but I like the, the new things. Maybe, I guess maybe I feel old, right? Like when I do a, a, a FaceTime call with a family member, like on the other side of the country, I, I, I flash back to like the Jetsons. I'm like, this is so cool. Like when I was a kid, <laughs> we dreamt of something like this, right? And oh, now wow. we're here. Whereas my wife, she will not update her phone. And I keep seeing that, that red one on her <laughs> systems. And I'm like, well, you just freaking update your phone. It's not going to break. You need it, right? Like do yeah. it. Um, so maybe pulling from some of your psychology experience or, or just experience here at reemployability, you know, we know that people are resistant to change regardless of what it is, whether it has to do with technology or anything else. What are some of the strategies that you utilize to help bring people into kind of the new technology fold? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the most important things and one of the first things that um, you do when you're working with an end user and you're trying to um, help that user adoption, um, you have to be able to listen. You really have to be able to listen to their concerns or their questions or what the struggles might actually be. Um, And I think understanding that people are resistant to change um, is also uh, you know, key in that conversation. So if I'm trying to increase user adoption or I'm trying to address someone who um, is really just resistant to that change, um, I try to make it very clear that my goal is to make their job 
easier to make their life easier. Um, you know, the technology itself is not the bad guy. You know, it's, it's a tool that somebody built with the best intentions, mm-hmm. um, to try to make something more efficient and to make, um, your life easier or to give you, you know, the capability to do something that you couldn't do before. Most of the time we just try to get to the core of what is the actual concern, mm-hmm. um, and then address that from mm-hmm. there. So like forcing isn't probably a good way to do it, right? Yeah, <laughs> not always the best. It yeah. doesn't mean it doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. What I'd like to do, and, and we're actually kind of running out of time for this week is sure. next week kind of take, so like I could admit that I'm not uh, super savvy on certain uh, social media platforms. And, and there's other things that, that I would like to get better at in technology. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, and I kind of know internally I'm a resistor uh, and, and I want to kind of get on the bus, but um, you know, I, what I'd like to talk about is like some strategies that people can use who identify that they may not feel like they're as technically savvy as they want to be, and then want to get better at it. Because we all know, you know, the, the, the technology train is moving along and regardless of where you are in your career, you need to at least be open-minded enough to embrace those types of things. So if you can kind of think about some strategies that people can use and some places that they can go to better educate themselves about those types of things, kind of like to talk about that next week. And then a couple of the things that we're going to start implementing at reemployability that we are confident is going to make people's lives easier. Absolutely. That's Thanks, awesome. Abby. All right. Thanks, Todd. Have a good one.